I'm Charlie Taylor. Ben? Ben. Oh, right. I forgot. He's not here. I'm Drew to the Fifth Element Mahala, Fifth Element Hip Hop with his knowledge, and welcome to a special edition of Digging in Digits. Welcome one and all DITD listeners, it's your boy Charlie Taylor here. No Ben this week, he has taken a well-earned week off, but trust me, he is still doing stuff. <laughs> he is still working towards the next episode, uh, which is going to be a large one, a very, very large one. Uh, I suggested that we do it in two parts, but he was like, nah, let's do it in one, so... Don't be surprised if next episode is more than 90 minutes, I'm just warning you. But anyway, back to this episode. It's a bit different, of course, um, as you can imagine with just me on the mic. But I assure you, it is a special one indeed. So for this episode of the ITD, uh, we have an interview, uh, which is obviously a rare thing. We've done, I think, one since uh, in in the history of the ITD, past this one, uh, with Dr. Joshua Wright last year. Uh, please go spin that. It's one of the best episodes we have done so far. And um, this is a something that was brought to me, uh, brought to me, and uh, they wanted it on DITD. And I also suggested to put on what's good as well. So I am doing both. Uh, so with that said, we have an interview, like I said, with a director and two actors of a theatre show that is going on at Stratford East in London as we speak, has been going on for a couple of weeks now and will go on for the next couple of weeks after this episode drops. So who am I talking to? I'm talking to the director, Matthew Zia, actors Rashan Stone and Daniel Ward and they are part of the show Tambo and Bones. Simply put, Tambo and Bones is a play um, that was written uh, by Mr. Dave Harris uh, out of West Philly and basically is a theatrical exploration of uh, race, capitalism, performance and the intersection of all of those and it's um, a (laughs) very very esoteric uh, way of doing it but a very poignant way of doing it. Um, So... My attention was brought to this, and uh, they asked me if I wanted to interview them. And obviously, I jumped to the chance. Um, I'm not a theatre person. Um, I say that in the interview to them, um, but it's a. It was a very fascinating watch. I went to watch it um, early, uh, earlier in the month, and uh, only in June. And um, yeah, I interviewed them uh, this recent Friday or Thursday, and um, yeah, we're bringing it here for you guys to spin. Um, so the first part, there's it split in two parts as the music uh, break in the middle will um, hopefully let you know. Uh, but the first part is with the director, Matthew Zia, and the second half will be with um, Matthew Zia again, but also with Rashawn Stone and Daniel Ward. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't think there's any much more uh, to, to give you on that front. Um, hope you guys enjoy this special episode. Normal resumption 
of uh, DITD will go down next week, of course. Uh, but yeah, as I say for my interviews on Lost Goods, grab your snacks, grab your drinks, kick back, relax, and hope you enjoy this interview. Okay, Mr. Matthew Zia, appreciate you uh, giving me the time, I guess, and bless me with the time. Likewise, it's always good to talk. Yeah, so... Um, I wanted to, I usually uh, do interviews in terms of uh, uh, getting started with the person who I'm talking to um, and then obviously just get into the, whatever the thing we're talking about, in this case obviously Tambo and Bones, here at lovely Stratford East. Um, but yeah, uh, so I mean I'm reading, forgive me if I'm just like reading off like, uh, you know, off the book that mm. I was, uh, and obviously people can cop well if they see the show, but um yeah, man. Obviously, you're. Uh, I think uh, how would I word it? You're. Uh, uh, you work hard, at least. I've been working hard. Yeah. You've been working hard. I've been working yeah. hard. I like to work less hard going forward, but. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. tired. I'm as tired as Tambo right now. Like, <laughs> I just need a nap. Just need a nap on a fake ass tree. <laughs> any, any, any tree. Any fake tree. Fake ass bed. But yeah, um, I guess in terms of uh, obviously being a theatre director, when did that particular front and just um, part of your career come into frame for you? Yeah, so this building uh, means a lot to me. I was 11 years old, I grew up in Forest Gate, Dratford, Laserstone, down the road. Oh, local, yeah. Um, Needed attention uh, and and drama was an outlet, Mm -hmm. so I began acting out. Uh, and then moved towards acting, <laughs> I think. Um, and someone suggested that your local theatre has this, this youth theatre, so I came down here and joined the youth theatre. Spent about 16 years, I think about 10 years in the youth theatre, uh, from like 11 to 20 ish. Um, and through this building, I just met some incredible people. Uh, one of the people I met was a guy called Alts, who's one of the design, designers on Tambo and Bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was writing music, I was writing hip-hop beats, I was writing lyrics, I was in a little rap crew with my friends, I was also in a rap crew with Estelle, back in like 1997, way back when. Oh, really? Um, yeah, called 20 Times 2, <sighs> based over um, in West okay. London with like Reveal, Mr. Hectic, yeah. um, Estelle, a bunch of other people, a guy called Spectre. That's cool. Um, but here, in East London, uh, this guy walked in and he said, uh, so Jay-Z's just sampled It's a Hard Knock Life from Annie. Do you think it's possible to sample an entire musical? And I mm. said, because I was like 18 or something, mm. yeah. Mm. Uh, and we got to work on making this show called The Boys, D-A-B-O-Y-Z, the most hip-hop spelling we could find. Of course. Uh, for a show that was originally titled The Boys from Syracuse. Right. Rogers and Hart musical based on the comedy of errors, so two twins and two twins, and they all get mixed up. We did that, and we did it as a hip-hop concert here in Stratford East. At this time, I'm ju- I'm ju- I've just joined BBC One Extra. Uh... So I was the first signing with my hip-hop show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just left Pirate Radio. Mm. Uh, and Alt says, there's a play by a guy called Jean Genet, uh, French, Arabic dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's written this play, he wrote this play in 1950 called The Blacks, which was about the history of what white had done in Africa over a period of, well, 400 years. Um, and he said that he, he felt like some of the, the speeches in it allied themselves to the anger of Chuck D, maybe. Um, or the anger of some gangster rappers on the West Coast, that mm. kind of vibe, that kind of late 80s, early 90s vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, well, will you help me adapt it into a hip-hop 
show? And I said, yeah. Uh, and we did that and we had um, like Kaiser was in it from Terra Firma, um, Carl Ramsey, uh, Nolan Weeks, who were all like hip hop performers, poets, Cat Francois, uh, who was like the slam champion at the time. Uh, and he said, I want you to write the music, I want you to be in it. And it was the last time I ever acted in front of anybody. Uh, <laughs> and then the last thing he said was, I want you to co-direct it with me. And right. I said, I don't really know what that means, but I'll sit next to you while you direct it. And he very cleverly said, that's what it means. Uh, so I sat next to him whilst he directed it and we spoke about the direction of the play and what it meant and the design. Um, and off the back of that, I got an agent. So it, it is through hip hop and through music that I have ended up directing. Um, and then at some point, around about 2012, I DJed at the Paralympic opening ceremony on my 30th birthday nice. in the town I'm from in front of 85,000 people. Yeah. And that's the day I hung up my turntables. Oh, really? And I said, no more. No, no more of this wow. silly lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to be home by 11 most nights. Yeah. Um, and then I started moving more closely to kind of making directing the, the focus of my career. Definitely. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot in there. Yeah. It's been a wild life. <laughs> Interesting. No, because, um, I mean, the first, uh, when, when you mentioned Estelle, I actually um, recently did an episode um, on Estelle. Uh, oh, when we yeah. did, uh, we obviously every October we do um, kind of UK Black History Month and um, we just obviously come to UK artists. And when we did Estelle, it was very fascinating because of just how she actually obviously came through hip hop mm-hmm. and, you know, People obviously just know her through American Boy, but yeah. there's so much, in, especially in her music and yeah. obviously her storyline, especially towards that. And yeah, it was just in, it was just very interesting to highlight. But um, yeah, on your side, um, obviously the hip hop journey um, brought you here into, I guess, uh, more. Uh, traditional arts right? mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of instead of the more uh, I yeah, guess it's uh, definitely older than hip hop right? yeah just just <laughs> just about a few years just about a few years um, so obviously when it's going, going from the acting to directing um, for someone I mean I'll be honest like me that don't know what theatre directing specifically is because mm-hmm. I feel like people can watch a film and understand what a film director does but what does it is there any specific differences between the two or uh, yeah what's the differences I guess between um, like film and theater? I mean it's, it's quite similar in that you're working with a team of human beings to achieve a thing that has a fixed duration yes uh, just that that fixed duration in theatre is replayed every night live so you have to have rehearsed it yeah. so that the kind of blocking you would do in a movie with the camera rehearsal and we come around the back of the table and move around the chair and then you step around here and the camera stays on the whole time yeah that's basically what I'm doing for four weeks <laughs> uh, where they'll they'll just do that like for an hour and then they'll film it and yeah. then that will go in the can and then they will move on to the next scene to edit that yeah um, but no I'm, I'm doing it all of it so I'm I'm casting the show with the casting director I'm working mm-hmm. with the fight director I'm working with illusionists I'm working with vocal uh, coaches and, and dialect coaches of course I'm working with the actors every single day um, starting with like uh, what I call like a contextual deep dive like why are we doing this play what mm. are the themes within this play why mm. do you want to do it mm. Watching relevant material, so in this case, watching some minstrel performances, watching mm. some antiquated, dreadful racism from America and the UK as yeah. well. Um, and then beginning to help them build their characters, working out which bits we're going to rehearse when. Uh, been working with the design team for like a year on costumes and set, uh, on what the robots look like 400 years from now. <laughs> 
someone going, hey, wouldn't it be amazing if they just like sat down, but they didn't need a chair because they were a robot and they could just lock their legs. Right. Going, yeah, sure. Let's we'll have some of that. Yeah. Um, so I always think that, that there are two parts of my job. One is to inspire the creativity in others. Right. And the other is then to curate the best bits of that creativity right. to make whatever the show ends up being. I always say, like, I don't know when an actor should move, how they should move until they offer me something. Right. And then I go, yeah, that's great. But if you did that on the second question mark in that line of text, it right. would be so much clearer for us as to why you've stood up at that moment mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah, so you let, you let them lay the foundation, basically, and then and then you just add on to that, and yeah. then the collaboration begins specifically. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's very fascinating. So is it, is it in a case of um, from, like, the night-to-night, -night, day day-to-day of the performances themselves, does that... Does, do you have much, uh, I guess... Um, does it change much? Hopefully not. No. Hopefully not. There's, but... <laughs> a, there's a book called Different Every Night by right. a director called Mike Alfreds, which is the, a way that you ensure that the actors are playing different every night, mm. but within fixed parameters that mean that the audience, if you come and see the show tomorrow, you'll get, a, and then you talk to your mate who saw the show on Wednesday, you'll be able to have a conversation about the same show. Right. It's not going to change so drastically. Right. Um, However, whether Daniel puts his hand on Rashan's shoulder or not at a particular moment, yeah. that might be different every night. Yeah. But that's because you're trying to work out the objectives and the intentions. And then so long as they play those, I'm sure about it. Some directors want it to be like, you know, they're like grid-based rehearsals. You move mm -hmm. here on this line, then you move over here on this line. You turn 45 degrees to your left. You look him in the eye, you say this. I'm like, that will kill it dead. Yeah. Um, and actually actors need to be able to go out and find the freshness of it every night and play and, and enjoy playing. Definitely, definitely. Um, the other thing I want to say about hip-hop, right? Uh, please do. Like, for me, <laughs> what I'm doing in theatre and what I'm doing in hip-hop are exactly the same thing, which is I'm highlighting stories of, of inequity and equality, mm. which is what I was doing by playing hip-hop music. Mm -hmm. uh, and because my focus was, like, global, underground, or what would we say, international, worldwide, underground hip-hop. Right. So I was interested in... Whatever your version of the housing projects, the housing estates, the favelas, yeah. the shanty towns, yeah, yeah, who's speaking from those places, right? And essentially, the the work I'm making now in theatre on the main is again trying to find those voices and empower them and platform them. Oh, that's solid. That's a real. Let's uh, see. Yeah, that's a real quote to take. I think. Yeah. Well, I needed a through line in my life <laughs> to understand why was I doing that, and now I'm doing this. What connects them? No, and that's fascinating. I think having that, because I feel like a lot of people um, in their careers kind of um, go without that through line sometimes, and it um, may create a wealth of, um, I guess, knowledge or wealth of um, just experience. But having that specific, I guess, um, touchstone, mm. I guess, and having that centre to know what you're doing, it, I don't know, reaffirms the purpose, so to speak. Yeah. 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 So um, when did you do it? When was the first time you read, read this? 2019. Uh, there's a playwriting prize, probably UK's biggest playwriting prize called the Bromwood Prize, mm -hmm. um, which is funded by like a property developer, the Bromwood uh, organisation. How fun. Tell me more. Uh, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the playwriting is amazing. Sure, 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 sure. I'm sure the, I'm sure the work is lit, yeah. Um, and the buildings are beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I went to this award, and for the first time ever, they introduced an international category. So there were a bunch of plays from all around the world, and there were two outstanding plays from America. 
Uh, can I swear? Go for it. It's hip hop. One was called uh, <laughs> that fucking Miss Saigon play, right? Which was unpicking the the stereotypes and cliches that exist within Miss Saigon, and right? Having the protagonist trying to escape, yeah, that scenario, yeah. And then the other one was called Tambo and Bones, and they did a ten minute excerpt of it, and mm. I was in fits of laughter, and I could sense this kind of hip hop edge to it, and I and then started a. Uh, a three-year campaign of uh, letting the playwright know that I was the only person in the United Kingdom who should be allowed to handle his play. Mm. Uh, Rich and, like, had to, you know, tell him that I directed Daniel Kaluuya and I used to have a hip-hop radio show and I can spit bars and I can write beats and all of that stuff. And then he was like, yeah, cool, I want you to do it. But then we had to wait for him to do his American premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to do the bi-coastal, so he had to do New York and LA. Right. But then before that happened, COVID happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So it just slowed everything down. So yeah. four years, four four years, I've been waiting to make this piece of work. Well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what that ten minute snippet was because, in my opinion, when I watched it, I was just like, okay, I'm seeing where this is going. And then I then the second act I was, I'm like, I don't see where this is going. <laughs> and then the third act, I'm like, I still I really don't see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's literally it's one of those things that when you watch it until the end is yeah. when you get it. Yeah. And I find that extremely fascinating. So I'm, I was I was. Just as you were talking, wondering what the hell that ten minutes. I think it, I, I, can't remember, I can't remember correctly, but I think it was the first act. I think it was the, right. the, the banter between Tambo and Bones, yeah. having different objectives. And I just want to sleep. I want to get the quarters then. Oh, right then. I hope you get the quarters. This is how it go. So I think it might have been the um, the treaty on race that he did. Yes, that might have been in there, and that just grabbed me. Yeah, to be so like dismissive. Yeah. Of slavery and all of the pain and trauma and yeah. rape and murder that happened over that 400 year period. Yeah. And to have Bones sitting there going, ooh, ooh. Ah. <laughs> I was just like, this is wild, this is dangerous. It's, it's, yeah, it's what is, yeah, certainly is, certainly that. Honestly, when I was, I was, I was reading this on, on the train right here, and I feel like there are, you know, specific moments, I think, in all three where um, there is just that kind of disarming element to it and that's kind of what makes it what it is and I think that that Treatise of America is you know done over let's just say like five-ish pages or whatever mm-hmm. but it's it's uh <laughs> it's very visceral in just how it just kind of gets to the point but really just skates over a lot yeah. of things <laughs> but it's, it's both profound and superficial at the same time yes yes incredibly yeah Incredibly. Yeah, I think the writer is a genius. And I think that he's... What he's done with this play... Like, the thing that people always talk about plays is a form. Mm-hmm. The form of the play should be doing the same as the content of the play. And this play really does that. So you, you, he, like, he pulls you in, mm. reels you in, so you're laughing at the stereotypes and the cartoonish and the coonery in Act 1. And then you're in Act 2, and you haven't quite noticed that it's similar... You've still, yeah, you've still got yeah, some dangerously yeah. mm-hmm. questionable stereotypes yeah. of hypermasculinity yeah. uh, and, and yeah. um, radical preaching. Embracement of capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Becoming, all these things. Exactly, things. exactly. And then we're in it. And then we jump forward 400 years and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. And that's it. And people said to me, the number of people said to me, I get the first act, I get the second act. But I'm not quite sure what happens in the third act. Yeah. I'm like, then one, you weren't paying attention to the first half of the show properly mm-hmm. because the, it's all about the third act. The whole play only makes sense when you get to the future and you've got this modern minstrelsy happening with these two white robots uh, 
who are someone else's version of whiteness, and then you have to be able to apply that back to the start of the play. Of course, there's somebody else's version of blackness. They're a concept of blackness. It's holding up a mirror, isn't it? It's holding up a mirror. It's holding yeah. up a mirror. Yeah, to whiteness and white society. Exactly. 400 years. The, the fact it's 400 years in the future is not an accident. You know, it's not 500 years in the future. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, expand on that. 400 instead of five. Well, 400 years ago is the start of the slave trade. Got you. Say less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. I was, okay, right. I was scrambled then. But yeah, no, yeah. that's that's powerful. That's what I mean. It's not 300 years ago. It's not 600 years ago. Mm. It's like... Yeah. Okay. It's a direct comparison. Mm. Essentially. Yeah, man. Okay. I'll just deep that. Yeah. People should see this play more than once. I really do. Yeah. Like the first time you're like in it and watching it. And then at the end, you get it. And then I think you need to go back and watch it again. Yeah. With that new... It's like watching Sixth Sense the second time or um, right. Fight Club the second time. Right. Like, oh, look, did you see that little glitch? Yeah, yeah, you start seeing you start seeing different stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, it's definitely, I feel, yeah, one of those things that deserve repeats because even when I was, you know, I was listening to music on the way here and, like, mm-hmm. you know, some there's some albums I listen to and I can immediately, you know, get the vibe, like, from track one. Um, but then you listen to something else and it's obviously, you can be more conceptual and more, uh, you know, just dense yeah. and yeah. you feel like you're not giving it enough attention. So you just kind of want to spin it back, run it back and just see, okay, let me actually understand this. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that definitely comes about obviously through this, uh, through this particular play. Um, we go about, uh, eight-ish minutes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I usually... <clears throat> I usually finish up on um, a couple of questions uh, that I do via one pod, but not the other. Yeah. Um, so the first one is, um, what have you been, I mean, I can't imagine you have been doing all this, but what have you been spinning, reading, consuming art-wise that you would recommend to the people? That is not Tambo and Bones, of course. No. Because that's obviously what we're doing here, yeah. but... <laughs> uh, spinning Killer Mike's new album, Michael. Okay, interesting. Phenomenal. Interesting. He's he's jumped to the top of the pile for me this really? year. Really? Like, interesting. Yeah. interesting. I love his activism. I love his politics. I love his southernness. Uh, yeah, and he's just smart. The lyrics are smart, intelligent. I'm like I'm too old now, isn't it? So I just, I just want intelligent <laughs> lyrics that make me think about life, not bang bang skeet skeet yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. But he's still he's still got enough hood in him to right to have not left the streets completely, which is nice. Right. Um, what else I've been listening to? Jelly Huss's new single. Like I must have listened to that sixteen times already today. Mm. Um, and trying to work out what Drake's doing on it. Uh, Dicks. Yeah, let's yeah, it's not so. No, exactly. It's, it's not. It's not. I enjoyed the Jay Huss bits. I'm looking forward to that album. Um, definitely, definitely. I've been banging Beyonce for a while now. I took my daughter to the concert. Oh, really? Concert. How was yeah. that? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. She's nine years old. And I've she seen a lot of clips. All of her. Any day, she'll just like look at me and say one of either two things Daddy, I can't believe you got me a cat. Or Daddy, I can't believe I was in the same room as Beyonce. And I was like, it's a big room, baby. It's like a very big room. And they were about. 95,000 of us there. Yeah. But she was in the same room. So, yeah, I love that. Uh, and it's a conceptual album, isn't it? I'm enjoying, uh, again, it feels grown, it feels mature. Um, what other art am I consuming? Not much at the moment because I've been in rehearsal. Yeah. Um, I went to see a play called A Strange Loop the other day, mm-hmm. which is about uh, a plus size queer black man 
writing a musical about a plus size queer black man who's writing a musical about a plus size queer black man who's right and that's the strange loop <laughs> uh, and it is wild it was developed at the same place as Tambo and Bones actually so it's okay. got it's got edge it's got edge beyond edge and you're like did they just say that did they just do that oh my god wow Tyler Perry gets roasted from the very start to the very end um, ripped into tiny little shreds and left on the floor of the theatre yeah uh, and then what I'm waiting to dig my, my get my teeth into dig my teeth into don't do that what I'm waiting to get my teeth into dig my fingernails into is Black Mirror alright and again and this isn't all about Tambo and Bones but I think Tambo and Bones is a theatrical Black Mirror yeah no definitely I can see that yeah yeah I see the parallels yeah because yeah. um, I mean the one word I, I came out with after, after watching this was meta yes uh, <laughs> well, matter, very aware of where it is who's yeah, there where we are everything's self-aware or completely not and yeah. it's just uh, yeah and it was and, and as a kind of just um, general thought that I was having when I was watching um, the, the the audience was I think relatively um, well relatively diverse I'd say right mm-hmm. um, and the responses from some contingent to the other contingent was very interesting. That's what I love. <laughs> was very interesting. That's what I love. Who's laughing at what? Who's it was, laughing at what? It was very interesting. <laughs> it was very interesting who was laughing. Some people were laughing harder than most yeah. or some things. I was just like, okay, that's okay, right. It's, it's uh, yeah, it makes you, I guess... Um, I don't know if people think like I did in terms of that, where even in real time I was watching things happen and I'm having my own reactions, but I'm also having the secondary reaction mm-hmm. of just going like... Yeah, why did she laugh at that bit so hard? Laugh, you're laughing yeah. hard, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, my partner came to see the show with a friend last night. She's seen it three times now. Yeah. She said, when we got to the bit in Act 3, yeah. uh, and I'm trying not to do spoilers because I don't know when this all comes out, Yeah, yeah. but there's a bit in Act 3 which gets really dark and is full of vengeance yes. and uh, fire and yes. murder yes. and there was this woman sat there and every time they go uh, I can say the line because you won't know uh, Tambo was talking about genocide and this woman just went mm-hmm it's <laughs> just like no no you're missing the point you're not getting the point it's not about obliterating people uh, yeah yeah I mean yeah yeah. so yeah but again this is why I make art I make art to provoke a response and it's not my job to to name that response, to yeah, control no. that response, it just is what it is. Yeah. Um, sometimes people talk about inappropriate laughter. I'm like, you laughed, it wasn't inappropriate, you, you know? The piece of art was there. Who decides what's appropriate, what's not appropriate? Yes, yeah, it's the interpretation element. In my head, I just think, I learned an awful lot about you when you laughed just then. Right, exactly. <laughs> Every, everything's kind of, it's just one big experiment in some fashion. Yeah. And, yeah, just gathering, I guess, uh, thought, uh, it, it, it releases, I guess, uh, hidden something hidden within people sometimes yeah. yeah and I think art is ultimately about revealing truth exactly versions of truths yes in this modern world we live in where everyone's got their own particular truth but right ultimately that is it yeah certainly um, <clears throat> and the last question I always finish on um, is what's your top five now I always preface this with is your own top five it doesn't have to be um, even related to anything we have talked about Top five pasta shapes. It's very funny you say that because <laughs> that's usually the example I give really? on my pod. <laughs> I was like, what, 
what things can you divide into? It can be as broad or as specific as you like. Um, so, yes. I really hope you do pass shapes, Loki, but <laughs> don't have to. But yes, uh, what is your top five, Mr. Beth? Uh, there's only one pasta shape that's even worth fucking with, and that's uh, Strotz of Bretti. Okay. Um, not many people even know about I, I, I don't but yeah it does. it's quite chewy it's two little twisted strands to right together okay uh, it's great for picking up a sauce okay um, yeah 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 but that is the king of pasta shapes so right. contenders, <laughs> there aren't another four okay fair enough um, it feels logical to do hip hop albums uh, sorry not hip hop hip hop artists rappers feels logical is that a bit played out do you want to say more interesting it's your top five bro uh, it's, it's, it's whatever you want today. At the top, Andre 3000, the greatest rapper ever born on planet Earth, the greatest hip hop artist ever born on planet Earth, Andre 3000. Really excited that I hear he's in the studio recording a new album mm. when he's not walking around Japan with a wooden flute. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. both of those things excite me to the same degree. Yeah. Um, after him, right now, I'm going to say Jay because I'm just a sucker. Love Jay. Have done since 1996. Mm. 1997 mm. I remember doing my GCSEs listening to my In My Lifetime Volume 2 yeah. which is the wackest album but I loved it <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't want to say didn't want to say yeah, yeah. loved it loved it um, I was 15 you've got to forgive me we have all of this year my third favourite hip hop artist right now right here is um, Common, I think. Oh, I, think I didn't think I was going to say that. Good shout. I didn't think I was going to say that. Good shout. It just came out of my mouth, just like that. He never comes out. Uh, and I like the maturity of his journey and yes. how he has grown Incredibly. and become wise and intelligent. Yes. And, and yes. yeah, he's an elder. He feels like a real elder yeah. in the game right now. There's a there's a book. There's a book about hip-hop aging that needs to be written. Yes. I would love to write one day, but yeah. <laughs> that's not at the time. But there is, yeah. there is something... And mistakes and regret. And exactly. And, and yeah, Common... And Killer Mike, I yeah. mentioned, is yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. One, of the, one of those examples. Yeah, he's moved on from all day I dream about sex. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I'm going to chuck Killer Mike in there right now, right here. Fair enough. Uh, what's that? That's four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then my fifth one... Who do I always go back to? Who do I always go? Jay, obviously. Um, Nas can't pick a good beat. Uh, See, no, it's five oh one. Don't don't start. <laughs> don't start it's, Nas. It's five, you got the top one. I've got the top. But it's five oh one. Don't don't make me have that argument. We've got. Come on, you can go. Cut, cut all the stuff out about ten man bones. We can talk about. <laughs> um, and my my yeah. Uh, I want to say Black Thought. Yeah. Uh, but instead, I'm going to say Tambo and Bones are the greatest hip hop duo on planet Earth right about now. Outstanding. <laughs> very good. Very, very meta review. And it's like a fictional group. Yeah, very good. Very, yeah, very on point. Um, but yeah, man, it's Matthew Zia. Thank you so much for this, uh, this time. Okay, all right, for the, I guess, second half of the review procedures, uh, we have uh, Mr. Rashawn Stone. Hello, hello. And also Mr. Daniel Ward. What's good, sir? Hello. How's it going? All good, all good. Um, so, put simply, uh, we'll start with you, Rashawn, I guess. Uh, when was the first experience of you acting? Oh, my God. Uh, didn't expect you to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, Those are the best questions. The first time I acted was in school, mm-hmm. and I was desperate to be in the school plays, and I used to audition for the school plays, mm-hmm. and then everybody else would get the parts in the school plays, mm-hmm. and I'd be the one standing at the back. And then one time, they did a musical called Dracula Spectacular. Interesting. And I was literally one of three people in my year that could sing. I was like, finally, yeah. I'm going to get a part in this show. <laughs> and I stood at the back, <laughs> and I had the only non-singing role. Oh, wow. no. Yeah, that's how my school rolled. <laughs> so you're having weak pipes in the front. <laughs> What's going so, on? Yeah, so the guy that played the part that I wanted, yeah. I uh, couldn't sing a lick. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that's when I started acting. Outstanding. Yeah. Also, they missed a third rhyme because they could have had spectacular Blackula Dracula. There you go. That's that creativity right there. Yeah. Daniel, um, first time experience, first experience in acting. I don't know. My mum told me the other day that I wrote a play when I was about five. Really? And made everybody come into the kitchen and watch it, and I never knew that. So. Must have been doing it for a while. <laughs> was yeah. it good? She didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that part. But I had no idea. She said, yeah, you did that ages ago. But I used to write a lot of stories and write a lot of books. So you when I was a kid. So did you see, see yourself more as a more as a writer before before acting, I guess? I think it's... Probably I started doing... I've always written stories. Mm-hmm. So I've done, and I've done that from a very young age. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, now it's straight down the line. Both. Love them both. Love them yeah. both. Okay, fair enough, man. Are you still right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. That's good, that's good. Um, when did you... I asked, asked Matthew this, but um, when was the first time you, you read this? First time I read it was when it got sent to me. When it got sent to you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't aware of it before. And, yeah? Um, actually, that's a lie. Okay. Um, because I was rehearsing... <laughs> I just made that up. I I was aware of it very vaguely because I knew um, that it was um, in the Brantwood in 2019 I knew it got a special commendation Mm -hmm. Uh, but I hadn't read it Um, and I was rehearsing for Cat on the Hot Tin Roof at the Royal Exchange in Manchester which is where the ceremony was held and I was rehearsing with um, Roy Alexander Wise who's the artistic director of the building um and he was like, whoa, that play, man. He was very excited about that play. Um, and it was his enthusiasm, actually. I was like, okay, this is, this is serious. Mm. Um, and everybody was really excited, but also felt it was a bit dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I kind of liked that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, let's go. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Rishon? Same, yeah. I mean, I knew, I knew there'd been a production of the play. Yeah. But didn't know anything about it and read it and was like, okay. That's, um, okay. That's challenging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but same. Yeah, just so literally um, a month, five weeks before we started rehearsing, something like that. Yeah. Oh, five yeah. weeks before? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, because Matthew was talking to me about, um, I guess, uh, in terms of obviously research and um, watching uh, minstrel shows and et cetera, et cetera, which, by the way, um, sounds fucking horrible. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, it sounds horrible. It sounds like some clockwork orange shit, to be fair. Yeah, but it's just, just like, pinning their eyes open. Just, yeah, yeah. Just, just trying to force force feed that kind of research is uh, never fun. But obviously, it, I guess, makes for 
makes for good art. Um, but I guess uh, on top of um, figuring out what the play was, did you have a did you have a particular interpretation to it that you I guess wanted um, that you felt you could plant into it? I guess in terms as actors. Did I word that correctly? Yeah. <laughs> um, when we did the research, I found it quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found it quite challenging to see uh, hip-hop artists yes. and people that I liked mm-hmm. that had either borrowed from minstrelsy or minstrelsy had imitated them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a complicated relationship. Mm-hmm. And I came to Matthew with the idea of being topless and getting a tattoo because it was prevalent in the um, in the music I liked and the artists I like and a lot of hip hop stars and it it tied into a particular type of minstrel that came up in the research and I was like damn it damn it and it's about the black male body and it's about sexuality and vigour and it's actually in terms of the menstrual world they're supposed to be stupid and aggressive mm-hmm. um, easy, easily manipulated mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of stuff but there's a lot of there's a lot of rappers that get their tops off mm-hmm. and use the black male body to sell their product uh, and that was annoying mm-hmm. that was challenging um, but that was something I felt like I wanted to explore quite early on in the process because I feel I felt like a lot of the driving force for Bones, which was about his materialism mm-hmm. and capitalism, mm-hmm. also tied into mm-hmm. get rich or die trying. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. like, yeah, 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 yeah. Make money, money, take money, money, money. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in in hip hop culture, uh-huh. um, so I was like, okay, if you're gonna do it, let's do it. Mm. You know, certainly. And then also, I don't see the, you know, your character has obviously that other dichotomy yeah, yeah. of, you know, you have to kind of play the game, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also kind of just, well, want to sleep and under the tree. <laughs> wants to get on with his life. Right? Yeah. yeah. wants to be left in peace. Exactly. Uh, like a lot of brown folks do. But um, there ain't no peace. Uh, but yeah, I think um, like the hardest thing really was just like trying to find the elements of clown that were useful to the play. I'm sure, but I have no doubt, I'm sure a production will come along of this where there is much more of a sense of minstrelsy mm. than we do. Mm. Um, uh, I felt very strongly that people would just stop listening if it was minstrels. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We talked about that. It's just like because... The point is that he never he doesn't call us minstrels in the play, they're clowns. Yeah. So every time they come on, he says, enter tambo, a clown. Right, yeah, enter yeah. Enter mm-hmm. a clown. Okay. And Dave is too smart and too specific to do things like that, like, just as a, like, and it and it was just a really good way to set, to bring in the elements of the minstrel world, but to always remember that you're not a minstrel, mm-hmm. that you're a clown. And it really, and that's why that, there's a line in it when tambo says, I didn't know I was a minstrel. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the lines that people go, like, it really affects people. Mm. Whereas I think if you went down the minstrel route of it and then said, I didn't know it was a minstrel, there's a different kind of yeah. play. Can it's I start dancing in white gloves? Exactly. <laughs> and then say, I didn't know it was a minstrel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
our, our tambour bones comes much more from a, uh, yeah, much more from a European clowning tradition. Right. And that's interesting, and that's actually kind of fascinating to learn about, right? Just off you saying that, because there are obviously different different types of that kind of minstrelsy, as you're talking about. And you, I guess, um, actively picking one specific, it still succeeds in the, obviously the task, but yeah, it might it might it would be interesting, I guess, having the different elements of, like, say, you know, white gloves, yeah. tap dance. I mean, you could do a bamboozle yeah. with it. You yeah. could. Yeah, that's what... I mean, reference that stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. You squint and they cut the image of a minstrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or the silhouette of a minstrel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're in a minstrel, you know, fake ass pastoral <laughs> world that is based upon kind of Victorian sets and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but someone said to me, why, why do they not have makeup on it? And I said, well, I, I quote uh, Bones because they're real N words, yeah. <laughs> not fake N words. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah. And so they don't need makeup, they, they just are. And if you see stereotype in them, if you see cliche in them, if you see the hustler, the street yeah. hustler, yeah. you know, there's, there's so many. I think it's, it's, it's a smarter take on yeah. clowning and minstrelsy. Yeah, yeah. And, it's not, uh, and it doesn't need to be that overt, right? No. It doesn't no. need to be. And like, if they're real people, yeah. if they're actually real people on stage, then people. Engage and they have a connection to you, and, and that, they're not. You know, I wear gloves in it, but the gloves are all shredded mm. and they're dirty and grey, mm. and they've got holes in them. They're all like moth-eaten. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's like, there's nods to it, mm. but not as much it. as there's a nod to waiting for Godot. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. And also a nod to the traditional tra- clown tradition of the faces of theatre. One being happy, one being yeah. sad. Like yeah. it, the double act, the double act. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something I didn't ask you, but I'll ask the three of you anyway, is um, how have you, obviously, the, as we record the, uh, you know, we've had a couple of, I think like a week or so, a couple of weeks now, um, how has, how have you gauged your reaction towards uh, towards uh, the show itself? I don't know if someone, I guess, or we'll go first. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, I've never experienced anything like it. Mm. I mean, I was saying to Matthew that like, most people, and I, when I say most people, I really do mean most people, the first thing that they say is, I'm coming back again. Yeah. I'm bringing oh, in so Yeah. Like, I've never been in so many people. Want it. They, they might say, oh, I love that, or I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. But they don't say, oh, and I'm coming okay. back. Yeah. Like, who yeah. says that? Yeah. Like, you've already seen it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> but like, there's something about this play that, um, that people just, like, yeah. Yeah. Got hunger for it. Yeah. Know? No, literally, um, I said beforehand that it, this is something that, he feels, and I agree, that should be seen at least, you know, more than once. Because we referenced albums, but it's, uh, well, I referenced albums in that style where, you know, there's some albums where you can listen to it and you get exactly what the vibe is on track one. But then you have something obviously layered and, you know, have deep concepts and, you know, sometimes you listen to it the first time and you're just like, I feel like I miss saying, I should give it a spin, give it another spin. And, yeah, this is definitely one of those where... I think it only makes sense when... Daniel has said his final line. That's, that's when the play finally makes sense. And then you want to go, right, can we go back and now watch it? Exactly. Back, that yeah, right wheel it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wheel it back. Um, but yeah, reaction, Daniel. No, it's been dope, man. Yeah. And actually, yeah, like Sean said, we've had people on the third and fourth 
goes. <laughs> like, would not relate to us. Like, <laughs> normally, <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Normally, yeah. it's like the uh, the partners that you know that are on the. But now, man, there's been yeah, there's been people who I've known uh, who've just come back again, and it's been awesome. And uh, yeah, surprising. And I've kind of been waiting mm-hmm. for somebody to be really annoyed. With me. I've been waiting for that person to come up to me and go, yeah. "How dare you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm so." And it hasn't happened at all. And I was like, it's a bit of a shame. I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for one person. But everybody... We've ruffled lots of feathers, but yeah, everyone yeah. likes having their feathers ruffled. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ruffle again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, it's been, it's, been, it's been incredibly well received. And, um, yeah, it's been so many messages of support and so many people who really engaged with and loved the work. It's been really lovely. Um, yeah, got mates coming from all got a mate coming from Scotland today. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it feels like it's a hot ticket. Yeah. I don't say the hot ticket because I'm sure other people have got hot, hot tickets as well. Yeah. Um, but it does feel like it, it's got a big buzz around it, and I feel like yeah. I'm, for four years while thinking about making this play, I've been both worried about the reaction and excited about the reaction. Yeah. Uh, and I guess like Dan says, like that. That worry that hasn't really hit because people are loving it and kind of understanding the intentions, particularly of the third act. Certainly. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's incredible. The response has been truly incredible. I think. That's what's up. Um, a question I wanted to ask you too is, um, I guess, as actors, because I was I was reading this um, well when I when I initially uh, went to see this and on the way here, um, I didn't actually clock this until I was reading it today. Um, but there's a note on cause. <laughs> um, so for people that are listening, in the back of um, uh, what what do you call this specifically? Uh, uh, play text. Play text. Yeah. Good. You can see I don't uh, do theatre plays. Um, but uh, there's a note on cause at the back. I won't read it all, um, but the, it's just it's, it's just in, it, I feel like there needs to these be context for the listener. So. Um, it's quite possible that an audience member may feel a little emboldened by this play and, be- and it perhaps might occur to them, should they happen to be the type to carry this change, to give an actor a chorus requested. And you guys have to obviously go, really, is that it? And stuff like that. Um, but <laughs> it says at the end, the actor should, not, uh, should under no circumstance say thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one, has anybody thrown a call yet? Yeah, are they actually? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was fuck. a school group in. Yeah, yeah, they were throwing sweets. Yeah, coins. Yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, all sorts. And and I don't know which circus Daniel trained in, but he caught seventy percent in his hat. And I was like, that is incredible. Yeah, I ended up with about two pound fifty and a sweet that day. <laughs> <laughs> and they came back after the interval as well with dollar bills. That's outstanding. Did you keep it? No. Oh yeah. Well, I think it says. I think it's not really little verbiage. Just spend it on some some beer, um, beer and some weed. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. That would, that would be a great. Yeah, suggest that to Dave. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout. Um, okay. Yeah, I just I just wanted to ask that out of interest because I was just on the train. I was just like, oh, that's amazing. Yes, that's. But amazing. that way, like that's how Dave communicates. Like stage directions are normally quite dry. Right, and with with the way Dave writes stage directions, it's like he's whispering in your ear, mm. like a best mate you're out on a party with. 
at the end of the hip hop concert, it says you should probably take an interval here. Probably P R O L L Y. Yes, yeah. Comma, yes. You probably got some shit to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do appreciate that. Um, just the, I guess the use of language, even when you're reading it. Yeah, yeah. it's just. It's just flat on the page, and it you know freaking works on that front. I really appreciate that. Um, so again, at the eight at the eight minutes left mark, funny enough, um, I usually finish off on uh, two questions um, unrelated to unrelated to this, but just fun questions regardless. Um, but yeah, the first one is um, apart from apart from Tambo and Birds, of course. Uh, what other um, Music, TV, art in general, have you been uh, spinning or consuming that you'd recommend to the people? Mm. That's tough because when you're working, you don't really <laughs> tend to do that. I have to go, my brain has to go back now. Yeah, 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 feel free. Exactly. Feel free. I can cut <laughs> all the time. We can just stick it. I don't know why he's been to about six concerts in the last three weeks. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Well, I've been doing, well, I went to the Burnham Boy concert. He was incredible. You go to City Splash? You go to City Splash? I went to City Splash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I went, I went to a few in Brockport Park. Did you go across the tracks? I didn't go across the tracks. Ah, I didn't go across the tracks. <laughs> yeah, it was, but I didn't go across the tracks. And I didn't go to the hip-hop one, Project 6. Yeah, um, I wanted to do that as well. I yeah. to go to yeah. that one as well. That looked clean. But, like, I tend to turn off, man. And that's the honest truth. I'm similar to Rashawn. When I'm... Because this stuff is all-consuming, I tend to turn off. That's um, fine. I've said this before, but man, I just I watch rubbish. I watch stuff That's like guys. I watch stuff like Gogglebox, and I have to. <laughs> I have to, to empty I your brain to. out of all this stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially saying, "What art have you got?" Like, oh, apart from this play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's like, they want to kitchen. Watching things that I like, I, I don't tend to watch things more than once. And Fair since enough. we've been doing this, I went back and just started watching Succession again. Okay. I didn't even want it. I just like found myself just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. just watching it. Because you've seen it. Because I've seen it and it yeah. didn't take any effort. Yeah, exactly. And it just yeah, exactly. Went in. So, yeah, to my shame, I haven't consumed. You went to the art. You went to the art. You, went, you, you got the cards uh, from. Yeah, there was a, yeah, I went to the um, African art exhibition at the RSA, uh, which was really good. Mm hmm. Um, that was really good sculptures and paintings and, and things that I don't really understand, but I loved it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. That was good for the soul. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's, that's what's up. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of it. Listen to an artist called George's new album. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah good yeah. album. That's a good Corridan. album. Corridan. Yeah. Really? George A-R-D-S. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good, that was a good spin. That yeah, a good, yeah. That was a good spin. Actually, we didn't. I didn't mention Loyal Karma. I've been checking Loyal Karma oh, recently. Yeah. I'm very much enjoying Loyal Karma. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. I saw his Glastonbury set, and it's kind of just one of those acts that I've been trying to see for like five years, and yeah. I just never have gotten the opportunity to. And he's an actor as well, right? You went, you went to Brick School and the acts yeah. and all of that. Um, and in his Glastonbury set, that I'm, after this, I'm going to go and have a drink with my friend Emma Baggett, who directed a show here in the same season. Uh, and in his Glastonbury set, he uh-huh. says, "Big up all my teachers, Miss Baggett." Oh, nice, 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 nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's good. He was really good. I saw him years ago at Parklife and he was really, really good. Yeah? Yeah, he was really, really good when I saw him at Parklife. I haven't caught up on any of the Glastonbury sets either. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he's, he's, the, he's the only one I watched. There are there are others though that I feel like um, that I either have seen or just um, yeah. There's some, there's some good stuff there, definitely. Um, but yeah, the last question I always finish on um, is, uh, what is your top five? Now, I preface this with Matthew, but, um, and he outstandingly picked the example I always give. Um, but it can be as broad or as specific as you want, because it is your top five. It doesn't have to be about anything that we have talked about or anything, you know, just related to this. Um, it could be top five pasta shakes if you want, if you want it to be. <laughs> but it's your top five. So what is your top five? Mm. Hmm. And this is always an interesting experiment to see, like, who thinks about it and yeah. who just says shit. <laughs> who just yeah, says top five, five things. Top five in that particular order, because the things that are on my mind. Top five with my kids. Okay. Um, my stomach. I like, <laughs> I like just top okay. five things in life. Food, yeah. Yeah. I really like food. There's things it's you value. very, very important to me. Um, another top five is... Um, they read, they did an, well, I haven't actually seen, but they did another remix of Princess Sign of the Times. Okay. And I was just in bed the other night with my fantastic over-ear headphones on. I just lost myself for yeah. an hour and 15 minutes listening to this beautiful remix. Uh, that's in there. Um, this play is in the top five. And my last choice, uh, can I have two for my belly? <laughs> <laughs> like a cow. Yeah, two yeah. different stomachs. Two different stomachs. <laughs> just before I saw you, I, I had the best barbecue chicken from that cafe around the corner. <laughs> oh, wow. you, know, you know the Ukrainian one? I don't know it. Oh, no. of course. Yeah. Is it not the... Where they do the mango chicken? You know the... Oh, yeah, the yeah, 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 So, today I said, what's with the two chicken dishes? And she said, oh, the other one is boneless barbecue chicken. Okay. With this gravy. The way you talk about food, the way you sell it, you just Less sold it there with the way you overemphasize that B on bonus. Yesterday, Jules, you told me about it. What did you tell me about yesterday? So you got £10 for lunch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a good lunch for £10. I know. I'm, I'm going to. I'm gonna, you've already influenced me. I'm going. I don't know when I'm going. I might have to be between shows. I might, but I'm going. What's the name of the spot? It's this, I don't know the name of it, but it's in Westfield. And it's an okay. um, American barbecue rib joint place. Right. £10, you get a piece of chicken, you get um, pulled pork, mm. you get a spicy sausage, you get spare rib, big one, okay. the meat fell off, cornbread, coleslaw, uh, spicy red beans, a drink of choice, which can be a beer, a wine, a Prosecco. Oh my gosh. Because I was doing a show, it was a soft drink. £10. And I, I have a huge appetite as well. Definitely. And I, and I said, is it, is it big? And she went, mm, yeah. And I was like, yeah, for 10 pounds, it's not really big. I'll still be hungry. And I literally licked up the last bean from my plate. <laughs> and I was like, I'm full. I'm actually full. 10 pound beans. 10 pound beans. <laughs> it's 10 pounds to spend. Outstanding. Daniel, top five. Um, I'm not going to pick too much. I want to say, uh, my missus, uh, Steam, dumpling, and fish. Mm. Uh, my mum makes a lot of food in these. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of like Barbados. Yeah. Uh, it's very close to my heart. I need to go back there. Sleep. Thanks. Um, Thanks. I just want a nap. <laughs> um, and wellness. And I'm. Mental, spiritual, all of that. Mm. 
Yeah. Can I ask a quick um, follow-up question just to, to, before we finish? Um, mm. How how does um, a day-to-day go for you guys? Like in terms of like hours, when like wake up, do this. Like, what's what's the day-to-day mm. structure? It's just sort of cha- it's just changed because we were we opened play last week, mm-hmm. so last week was very different to this week. Yeah. Um, so last week was rehearsed during the day. Have a little break before the show, do the show in the evening. Now it's just like recover from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm sleeping my ass off. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Yeah. Like the, the, the accumulation of tiredness. Yeah. Is like, and it usually happens so for the first kind of week after you open, all you want to do is sleep. Yeah. yeah. And then once you get to the second week, then you start to do things like mm-hmm. do other stuff in the day, you go see friends, castings, writing, we're both yeah. writers. And then you can start to sort of bleed other stuff in, but right now I'm still in that shell shock bit. <laughs> I um, uh, I've got a builder who's doing some work on uh, my house, and he got, got a message this morning. It was about ten o'clock. I'm in bed, and he was like, "Oh, I want to come round because I'm not staying at that house at the moment." He was, oh, "I want to come round. I'll be there about eleven thirty. And I was like, "You fucker." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spray away. Oh man, I should have known that. Beginning of the start. Yeah, I was like, and then I was like, come on, Daniel. It's eleven thirty, and I was still like, gotta get up. Gotta get up early. So early. Gotta go up, meet this guy. But yeah, it's changed. Yeah, it's changed, and it's very varied. But yeah, recovery, recovery, because the show takes a lot out of you. Takes a lot out of you. Yeah, man, I can attest from just seeing it. Um, there's a lot of obviously just energy put through it, and mm-hmm. a lot of, um, and you know, as someone that experienced it, I can, you know, happily say that it comes to a, it, it, it comes to fruition in that, in that sense, and it's valued, and it's valued, mm-hmm. it's valued from me. So, That's I'm, good. I, I, is, I'm, will be honest like apart from i was literally this is like the second uh play text i've been i've gone and the first one was like two weeks beforehand wow. because my because my pops uh went to the lenny henry team oh yeah um, oh, I Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he went he went to that and he was like do you want the book and i was like sure then he mm. gave me the book so yes this is actually like the second one i got and you know i'm a screenwriter by trade anyway mm-hmm. um but having you know just this kind of mini experience in what theatre is about is in, I was literally talking to a friend who is an actress herself and you know does theatre mainly and um, I I said to her like there's something in this play stuff isn't there yeah there's, 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 something, there's something interesting in that because I feel I didn't say it's to you Matthew but um, it's one of the these, this is one of those things where I feel it's unique because it can't be done anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. It can't be done in, in another format. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's why, again, that's why I give the word valuable to it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like I said, with, when it comes to the audience and how they react as well, mm-hmm. and the certain people that react and how they, and how other people react to it compared to other people, mm-hmm. it's a very fascinating, just, uh, 
experience mm. to have when you're having your own reaction and then noticing other people's reactions is very interesting but i just wanted to give that as a part of the thought um but yeah man appreciate your time guys rishan daniel matthew really honestly um really just an enlightening experience uh overall <laughs> really like experience i appreciate it thank you So there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was my interview with Mr. Matthew Zia, Rashawn Stone, and Daniel Woods of Tambo and Bones. It's a very interesting thing uh, going through, you know, different types of art. Of course, this is a hip hop podcast, and the theatre show has a lot of hip hop elements towards it, especially the second part. Um, which Daniel Ward um, does talk about. Um, but yeah, man, very fascinating view. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Obviously, this is not something that we do regularly here over at DITD. I mean, I do it on over on What's Goods semi regularly, but um, obviously, for you guys listening to this, it uh, must be uh, pretty different from the norm, of course. Um, on top of all this, um, I have a little present on top of this. Um, so, uh, big ups to Miss Emma Gerald, who. Um, organize this whole thing uh, for me to come through to Stratford East and to interview these, uh, interview these guys, these uh, wonderful artists. And um, she hooked me up, uh, hooked, up, hooked you up, if you are in the London area or in the UK, or you just anywhere in the world, you just feel the need to spin this, uh, go, go to Stratford East and spin this. Uh, we have in the description notes, and I'll give it to you here, a discount code. We have 25% off any tickets for the run of Tambo and Bones. So the code code is Charlie25, spelt normally C-H-A-R-L-I-E, the number two and the number five, 25% off band A, B and C for all remaining performances of Tambo and Bones and it's limited to two per customer. And it obviously cannot be applied to any pre-existing bookings. Little T and C's for you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that will all be uh, in the full show notes if you... Um, want more um, specific detail and uh, yeah with that said ladies and gentlemen I sincerely hope you've enjoyed this episode Um, let us know any feedback on this front Um, you know I've been doing interviews for a while but um, you know it's always good to have feedback so uh, you know if if, and and let us know if you actually go see Tambo and Bones please do because I obviously went to see it and it is amazing Um, I told them that and I'm very grateful of the um of the of the experience in the past um couple of weeks uh seeing the show and meeting them and talking to them for um the brief hour that i had but a very fruitful one nevertheless so with that said ladies and gentlemen normal resumption of ditd next week with a great respective one i've been i've personally been looking forward to uh for a while but until then on the 5 epn this has been digging in digits hope you've enjoyed this episode i have been chai to the fifth element ben will be back next week as well as resumption of normal programming but until then hope you all have a good week i should always try and do the same but until the next time take it easy ladies and gentlemen Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me, music for this show is Pete's Video Games by Bonus Points, and also Brock Berrigan for Ginger. Thanks to the chill music for bit use. Socials of Fenement, Hip Hop by Numbers, Bonus Points, Brock Berrigan, and Chill Music will be in the full show notes wherever you're listening. 
This has been a fire VP in production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time. I'm digging in the digits.